Welcome to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So stay with us as right now we present. Hey, we get to have a worldwide discussion because the, our guest today is all the way in merry old England, in, uh, in just in London. And uh, uh, her name is Juliette Caraman, and she is a life coach. She helps people really uh, get inside of themselves and learn how to live their lives most completely and happily, and even finding some things about themselves that they didn't know until they get there, uh, which has got to be a lot of fun for everybody involved. But it can also be rather scary for some people involved because they didn't know that that was there until they get there. And then, then, then they have to kind of figure out how to dig themselves out of it. But I shouldn't talk. I should let you talk. So, uh, Juliet, how are you? Kevin, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm doing well. Thank you. Oh, very good. Now, what's the weather like in England in July these these years? Well, you know what? It was beautiful all last week, and then this weekend and this week it kind of turned. So we are wearing like I'm wearing a little leather jacket again, and it was raining dogs and cats yesterday. It was it was actually it's quite it's a bit chilly. So, so is it, yeah, people is, always go ahead. People always ask me why don't you have AC? I'm like because the you know, three weeks of heat that we have consecutive is kind of like it's doable and then we always have a little you know it's like we we have good weather and then it's a it's a rainstorm it's a thunderstorm and then we have a bit of good weather and then we have a thunderstorm so it's it's a bit variable yeah well it sounds very much like here except we just get rain we don't have the thunder that goes along with it okay. where are you i'm in seattle got it yeah, so we probably. are 6,000 miles apart, and through the uh, uh, ability of technology, we can uh, be talking like we're sitting in the same room. It's kind of cool. Isn't it amazing? Technology is so great. And I and, hear so many people bitching about it, and so many people saying, oh, but, you know, if only I didn't have Facebook or Instagram or this or that, or that I wouldn't be wasting so much time. But it's funny. It's like... Before that, it might have been TV or the radio or books or something else. It's like, what is it that we distract ourselves with or that we soothe ourselves with, right? And that sometimes we don't want to go in and feel what we're feeling, our emotions or our bodies. So we do anything to just take our mind off. And that's it's, it's a beautiful coping mechanism. But as soon as you start noticing that you're only doing that, that's when it actually becomes a pattern. Absolutely, because what we do is we have the radio on in the background, or, or over here, one of the big things is podcasts, which we're going to talk about yours in a minute. Uh, podcasts that uh, that are just playing in the background, or we have the TV on just playing in the background, because silence for some people, I don't know why, but silence is scary for some people. Uh-huh. It completely is. And they're not used to it. I mean, if you think about how you were, how we used to actually all live in tribes and, and in caves and in groups, and you know, there were always there was always noise around us. But then, how we've kind of like blocked ourselves off from that, and it depends what you were brought up. If you're an only child, then most probably it's going to be quieter in your house. Uh, like you said, some people have the TV on, the radio on all the time. 
I actually, one of the biggest gifts that my dad gave me is the gift of silence. And I remember going on a holiday um, with him in the summer to the south of France from Holland, I'm Dutch. And I remember driving there and it's, it's a little, I think between 11 and 13 hour drive. And we played his jazz and there were moments that we spoke, but most of the time we sat in a really comfortable silence. And I learned that silence is really golden, that you can sit in each other's energy field and you're actually communicating except you're not making any any chatter with your with your mouth you're you're, you're very comfortable and you also get the benefit of having the um the little voices in your head that are there that can have a conversation with you i do that all the time when it's quiet and i'm talking to what i know now to be my guides on the other side I will sit there and I'll have a conversation with them and talk to them about just things and, and stuff. And, and it, it really is an enlightening thing. I did something that was really unique uh, the other night and I was watching TV and I, nothing was on. So I said, why am I watching this? And so I just turned it off. The room was dark and I just sat there. Uh-huh. I just sat there for a couple hours and just um enjoy and it's been a while since everything silence has its own noise did you know that uh-huh. <laughs> silence has uh, you know, a very deafening noise at times it's like there are so many thoughts that can go on in your head it's like can you just please quiet i just want to not hear anything i don't want to hear anyone talking to me i don't want my thoughts i don't want my body sensations i just want to be in the silence and and that's the beauty that you said that you you sat in the dark and for a lot of us who feel that connection they like we like going into nature but then I know myself as well I'm like oh but I have to catch up on some podcasts and I'll put my earphones on and then actually it kind of defeats the purpose because you're still getting input from outside yeah and I've noticed that we're so much in we're like antennas right so we're, we're picking up energy everywhere we're picking up information and then if we're constantly receiving 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 we just get oversaturated it's like that full cup it just keeps flowing over flowing over and our own guidance can't always come through exactly. so this is why i really say hey turn off all electronics like I've, I've just been doing a network spinal analysis where i'm doing this three-day training where i'm actually learning how to do this and it's 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 really cool stuff and you move the whole energy in the spine moves and um rotation you start seeing this but the homework was like try to stay off your devices and i was like oh i'm on a podcast but afterwards i'll shut everything off and i will just take a pen and paper out and this is where journaling the pen and paper is actually really good exercise also for in the brain, the left and then the right brain hemisphere to connect fine motor skills. Exactly. So now let's talk about uh, what probably is one of your favorite subjects. Let's talk about you. <laughs> <laughs> because you have had quite a full life. You have had your ups and you've had your downs, and and as we all have, and you came out of it uh, um, doing what you're doing now, which is helping other people that you have discovered in the course of your 
life, which I believe, and, and tell me if you agree with this, I believe that the sum total of all of our experiences are there for a reason, and uh-huh. that all the there are no good and bad experiences. There are just experiences, and without those, we can't learn and become who we're really destined to be. You agree with that? It's beautiful. I would even say, like, a lot of people say that, oh, life happened to me. Oh, my God, this happened to me. Trauma happened to me. But actually, how did it happen for you? How did it really, how did it form you into the person that you've become? How are you helping others bring out their gifts, right? Because we've all had stuff happen to us. But as long as we can remove that emotional charge, it doesn't define us. It is part of what happened. It's part of what's in our story, but it doesn't define us. And it really helps you know, we move through it. The only way out is through, right? Exactly. Exactly. And and so when we were working through things, I, I call it kind of like uh, a bad country music song period. We all go through a period of time with it when uh, um, things just don't seem to be going right. But at the same time, when we look back on it, it's kind of like the roadmap of how we got to be to where we're to where we're going. And it shows us things. And your job, as I understand it, is to help people see those things that they, that, and, you know, 20 years ago when I first started doing this, coaching wasn't a, wasn't a thing. It was kind of like brand new at the time. And I'm a firm believer now that everybody should have a coach. Everybody should, because there are things that you can't see. There are things that you don't want to see. <laughs> So and sometimes you, you don't want your coach to see them either. <laughs> and you'll do anything to take them off the spot, right? <laughs> exactly. And But it, without understanding the, the breadth and the width of everything that you've been through in your life, you can't get through it to get to the other side so that you can live your life in total. And that's what you help people do. So I appreciate that from you. Thank you. Yeah, I really help people reinvent the most intimate relationship which is the relationship to self and and we all have relationships to yeah to to ourselves most of all and we kind of think that that's being selfish once we get to know ourselves and we start taking care of ourselves and we start having boundaries we start saying no to people well yeah we might be overgivers or recovering overgiver yeah hey <laughs> that's me i'll hold up both hands <laughs> Well, and, 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 it's, and it's what always, we are. It's 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 what's being programmed in us. We don't even realize that we're doing it until at one point your body might give up or or something breaks. I was I was going to say because in all of us we are energetic beings, but our energy, if it is affected in a certain way, it affects our body. That happened to you. Tell us about that. Completely, yes. Um, so I think I lived quite disconnected from my, I lived up in this part of my body, my head, my neck, and, and then, you know, the body kind of like was giving me signals and I just wasn't listening to it because, you know, I was busy, busy living life and having four kids and getting divorced and then having another three kids, you know, and then a joint family of seven children and then lots of different school holidays, school, different schools, et cetera, et cetera. 
didn't realize I was overgiving until my body basically started fainting. And I spent about nine months in and out of hospital trying to find out what was wrong with me. They implanted a heart monitor. They did brain scans constantly. And I couldn't walk unaided more than about a meter before I'd pass out and really drop down to the floor. And I, I'd never had that. Um, so it was a rude awakening. And it was like, oh, you're not going to listen? So it's like, oh, let's <laughs> then actually stop your body. And this is what I see more and more with people that. Yeah, the whispers are there, but if you're not listening to the whispers, then they're going to be louder and yeah, louder and louder and louder until at one point, you know, it starts becoming a disease. You start feeling ill, you start fainting, you, you know, for something happens that you hit that like, hey, pause button. I've got to start taking care of myself. I can I uh, can I use you as therapy for a relative real quick? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> because uh, I have I have a relative that has been in the high tech industry for twenty years, uh -huh. and uh, lately, and it's a high stress job, high reward, high stress. And but lately, his back has started to hurt to the point where he can't sit down to work. Uh -huh anymore he can't stand to work anymore because he has a stand-up desk and a sit-down desk and he can't do it anymore because of his physical condition which is his back hurts all the time now is that your body saying okay you know what we you have not wanted to do this it's high stress you don't like it that much anymore we're going to convince you this time to do something else and so your body shuts down that way is does, does that happen that is what can happen, absolutely. Yeah. And it's it's interesting, right? Because I also am a hypnotherapist as well. And we, we realize that our subconscious governs about 90% of things that we do. We don't realize how we take a breath, how the oxygen goes to all our cells, etc. Because if we'd have to think about that, we'd probably die, right? Because it'd just be too much job. So our body's way of protecting us is also like, hey, something's pain is is a way of saying, hey, yeah, there's something here. There's an emotion stuck here. Let's have a look at it. And most of us, what we do, like pop some painkillers and like, oh, yeah, it's, it's not convenient right now. And, yeah, all of a sudden it becomes so inconvenient. You have to do something about it. And that's, yeah. that's what I help people with. And, um yeah, and there's so many different modalities that you can help people with. And it's, um, but it's really starting to become aware of patterns that you have. It's like, where am I overgiving? Where am I stressed? Uh, when you go to a doctor and they can't find anything physically wrong with you, they'll start asking you questions like, are you very stressed? What is your emotional life like? What is your, your, your family life like? Has uh, there been any death in the family? We don't realize that all these things make such a difference. What hormones are you taking? Do you live anywhere near a mobile phone mast? You know, all these kind of things really start affecting how we are and how that um, influences our body and our psyche. And it affects us in a, in a myriad of ways. And first of all, Juliet is a coach. She's a mentor. She's a teacher. She's a writer on relationships, energetic alignment, trauma, healing, and dare I say, sex and intimacy. 
And because uh, that also is one of the things that. But now we have this little blue pill that is supposed to cure everything, but that may not even be the root sometimes of the problem. Would that be a fair statement to make? That's very much a fair statement to make. And I think what's even more fair statement to make is that most people don't realize that women or you know, we who, who identify with the female body and have a vulva, we take four. 40 minutes to get to a state of arousal. And if you look at the way that sex is portrayed in movies and on, in porn and in, in romance novels, it's like, wham, bam, thank you, you know? Like you kiss, kiss someone on the neck and oh my God, they're having intercourse two seconds later. <laughs> it doesn't quite work like this. <laughs> no. You know, also like if you've been married for 23 years and there's lots of resentment that has built up over you know, over time, little things like, oh, you didn't take out the trash. Oh, you didn't do this. Or, yeah, we keep accounting in our heads somehow. And then when it comes to that time to actually be intimate, to be physically intimate, yeah, it's not always that easy. And it's like, you know, if we can't actually access the parts that we love about each other, our brain can't stay in two two different states of mind. So you can't be resentful at someone and love them at the same time. So this is where I call it scrumptious communication comes in and actually learning how to communicate with your partner. Not so much have a conversation, but really learn how to listen because don't we all want to be heard, seen, understood and loved? So this is where I come in and I give people some really cool techniques to do on a date morning, plan in a date morning instead of a date night because you're tired at night. You know, make sure that you do that once a week, two hours, put away the phone. Don't talk about the kids, don't talk about work. Do something completely out of the ordinary and start making new memories. All these things release all the happy hormones in our body. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, now I might want to even get some touch or have a kiss or, you know, all the stuff that you thought was not available to you after 23 years of, of not being intimate, not having sex with your, your partner anymore. All of a sudden it's like, oh, I, I remember why I liked him or her or, you know, and it's, it's kind of like, but that's it. You start, you kind of become like brother, sister or, or roommates. You love each other, but you might also not have the same way into pleasure. What do you do when a couple comes to you? Because I know you work with couples as well. And a couple comes to you and says, and she says, you know, I wouldn't mind getting a hug and just cuddling, but we can't cuddle because it always leads to sex. And I may not feel like sex. I may just want to be held. How do you, uh -huh. help, how do you help them? get through that because it's, being a guy myself i do know that it's 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 hard to to cuddle with somebody and and not want to progress it but uh how do you help them but really beautiful actually be open about that i was talking to my, my friend who's also a relationship uh, coach therapist and she's just started dating again after a few years and she said i had this you know conscious communication with this guy saying hey 
know, we had this really hot, hot kiss and it was gorgeous. And then I said, hey, you know, before we take this any further, I want to have a conversation to you about sex. You know, and most people are like, whoa. So what I would say of the couples as well is like, let's have that communication. Let's have 15 minute communication. Tell me what you, what does sex mean to you? And then the one person you know, will say, tell me what sex means to you. You will then respond with whatever it is. And I will say, thank you if I've understood you. And then we switch. But it's not a conversation, but it's just like, so you can excavate what's going on. Tell me what sex means to you. you know, tell me what sex means to you. And you just keep going, going with the same prompts. And after a while, you're like, oh, I'm kind of emptied out here. I, I now have said everything that's on the inside. And then you can say, hey, you know, what I really, what I miss is the intimacy. And what I miss is not the sex, but I miss talking to you. I miss um, cuddling. I miss just holding your hand. So can we make a deal that this date morning or this date day, whatever we have, we're going to you know, stop and not go under under the boobs or under under the waist? And the funny thing is when you make that arrangement, then both of your nervous system, both of your, your vigilance center, the vigilance center is the center that's always like, oh, look at, oh my God, where's danger? Where's it happening? Can just completely relax. You set boundaries. It's like, hey, I love it. Let's let's kiss. Let's make out. You can we can nibble on each other's necks. We can you know do do the nipples, all of that. But waist, we stop. It doesn't go below the waist. And the beautiful thing is that you keep the excitement in it. And the funny thing is when I was talking to my friend, she's like, oh my God, it was so hot. She said, also for me, it was like, I could just really be present because there's never a moment now when we're kissing. I'm like, oh my God, is that hand going to get to my ass? Is it going to get to my vagina? Where is it going? And the funny thing is when her partner that she's seeing is like, I didn't realize how present I was by taking that off the table because I hadn't realized that when I kiss someone, I often think it's like, oh, is she liking it? Is it time to go down to the boob? Is it time to go down, you know, maybe do a little grope in her, her bottom. And it's like, we're so in our heads. And if you put some beautiful boundaries like this, you're actually in the moment and you're enjoying it or not, you know, you might not enjoy it. And then also say, hey, can you go a bit slower? Can you go a bit to the left? But it's, taking that you know below the belt off the table then everyone can all of a sudden say oh this is kind of relaxing we can really see where we can explore and, and, and what sensation is in this and, and of course he's going to say at one point you what, no wait what do you mean that's off the table we're not going to you know <laughs> so it's, but it's it's an important aspect of of uh, human uh, um, intimacy because it's not it's not about hard sex it's about being intimate with somebody so that you can feel a hundred percent comfortable with them yeah. in any situation um, and, and that's the beauty right and also asking questions like hey what do you love about me and this is what I love about you and what are you afraid of in our relationship and then if you, you know, if you can bring these things to the outside, that is being really intimate without physical intimacy. And then also it's like, hey, where do you see us five years from now? What, what do you really yearn for? What do you want for us? 
And and this has been, if you can start having that communication, then you know, sex is pretty easy after that because you've opened up the hearts. Exactly. And and you help you help people do that. And that's you know, if men could learn to be more intimate and not so performance driven, if you know what I mean. Um, I think that they would have a much better connection with their partner if it wasn't about, well, did she, didn't she not, did she, you know, and, and, and did I perform well enough? Did I last long enough? Did I do all of these things? And it becomes, it becomes a sporting event for intimacy rather than a act of love. But that's it, right? If it can just become goalless and we're like, Hey, you know, because that's another thing. It's like, Oh, but I want to make sure that you climax. It's like, but it's not about that. I want to be in the moment. And if at one point I say, hey, that's enough. But we also don't know each other's pleasure blueprint. You know, what's the way into pleasure? There are different, five different blueprints, just like there are five different love languages. There are five different blueprints. There's energetic, a person that can have like spontaneous orgasm just by looking at someone or it's a person that will come into their room and they'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, no, I'm definitely not coming in this room. This doesn't feel good. We've all gone to a party or something. And you're oh, like, yeah. oh, something feels off. You want to leave immediately. Or you've been drawn to somewhere. It's like, oh, my God, I've known these people for ages and you, you, you've just walked in. Right. So that's really where we feel each other's energy. But at the same time, they have a shadow side so they can leave their body really quickly. All of a sudden, they'll be up in their head, like energetically. They'll just get something. They'll just pop out of their body. Um, then there's the sensual. So the energetic likes really light touch off the off the hands, off the body, often, and that's where they often will start feeling the heat already, and they'll their body will start moving. Then there's the sensual that you know if you think about soft cashmeres and silks and using all your senses and putting on oils and massaging and, and you know and, and touching the body and smelling a peach and already with the smell you can your whole body can start vibrating and so these forget, are good chocolates in there chocolates food smells all of this is really important and beautiful um, environment, art, all that kind of stuff is really important. That's their way into pleasure. But there's also the shadow side. And oftentimes we'll see more of who we are, of what we are, because of the shadow side. It's like sensuals are also the ones that are in their heads. It's like when they're, they'll, they'll pop out of their pleasure and they'll be like, oh my God, did I shave? And did I turn off the gas? What am I cooking for the kids tomorrow? Oh, there's socks on the floor that I need to pick them up. So all these things, I know you're laughing. And it's both men and women have this, right? It's just like, oh my God, you just completely came out of it because all of a sudden your head started like, like, oh, did my breath, breath smell? Uh, all this stuff comes in. There's that old joke that that goes: uh, a husband and wife are having sex, and and she's looking at the ceiling, going, "Beige, I think I'll paint the ceiling beige." <laughs> but that's it, right? So often, that means that she's popped out of the moment, 
or he has popped out, could also be the other way around. And that we're just thinking, or like, oh, is this ever going to, you know, is this going to be over or not? And it's, the other person under feels that, you know, we're, we're energetic beings, we feel this. So but to go back to the pleasure types, then there is the sexual that we, you know, sexuals talk about boobs and, and buttocks and the aim is usually climax, you know? It's like, okay, we're going to do that today. So when they're with a sensual or an energetic, they're like, come on, you know, get it on now. I'll, I'll do your energetic and your sensual, but, you know, we need to have cock and pussy. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay, for some people, that's really quite creative. So they have a bit of shame about that, that this is really how they see themselves. Then there's the next um, type, which is kinky, which is anything that's taboo. So which for some people means getting undressed in front of their partner might be taboo. For other people, it might be psychological kink, like you know, someone speaking to you is like, look down, have your eyes down. I didn't tell you that you could look up. Good girl. There you go. You can come here now. Or um, or impact play. Yeah, smacking the bottom, floggers, all this kind of stuff. I mean, the whole realm of kink is, we could speak about that for days. There's, it's massive. But what, uh, you know, rope, rope, being, being tied up, all of this stuff. But there's a lot of shame that comes with it, especially if you've been together for, say, 20 years and you actually like being talked down to or you like being flogged or you like being bound up or you like cross-dressing, whatever it is, all of a sudden you're going to say this to your partner who you know, might think that you're weird. So there's a lot of shame there. And then there's the fifth type that we think we all started with, which is a shapeshifter. Basically loves to play in all of these, but also has all the shadow sides. So it's often with only an energetic or set, uh, sexual, so it's starving in all the other blueprints. But the beauty is if you start introducing this to people and then I, the way that I work with couples, I will get them on a massage table and we'll do body pleasure mapping and we'll, we'll map their whole body into the, what their way into pleasure is. And first I'll have them do a test, so they'll do it psychologically. So they'll be like, oh, I'm this, I'm that, I'm that. I'm like, great. Now let's just take a fork and see what this feels like when you have the cold fork going up your, um, up your wrist. So you're like, that's A, and then going down your wrist on the other side, B. What touches do you like more, A or B? And the funny thing is the body never lies. The body always reveals. You'll see all of a sudden a rise in breath or goosebumps, or all of a sudden the hairs will stand up. And it's like, oh, I didn't realize I actually like that. <laughs> like, there you go. No, nobody's ever taken a fork and, and run it up my wrist before. That's odd. <clears throat> yeah. it's, it's, it's a really cool way because you do it in such a way that it's not sexual at all. And the partners learn so much about each other. And then oftentimes they come away just completely flabbergasted. It's like, oh, my God realize that this is how you'd like to be touched at first there'll be a lot of shame but then after a while they're like oh my god can you just imagine what is opening up for us we we 
all of a sudden we have like a whole Pandora's box. We have all these things that we can play with and sensations and and and, and pleasure and sound and, and crystals and, 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 and food. All of a sudden you can play with. You know, it's interesting. I was talking with a, a gentleman who is a, what do you call him? A dominic, dominic, dominatrix? Uh-huh. Yeah. Dom, and- yeah. And and there are I I did not know this still don't because I've never been to one. There are apparently clubs all over the country where you can go and you can experience the kinky side of some manner or form. And he gave uh-huh. me some, he gave me some real good advice. Do your research, understand where you're going, understand what's liable to happen there, and set strong boundaries as to what you will accept and what you won't accept. Is that a good of way of approaching that sort of thing? I would add something else to it. I, so I used to be a dominatrix, and that was because I I was in a BDSM class, and all of a sudden I got flogged, so a flogger on in between my shoulders, and all of a sudden my body remembered, so it went into that trauma release and it started shaking like like you know like the animal kingdoms animals they shake when they've they've been afraid and all of a sudden I started shaking I started crying and and all this this stuff started happening I was like oh okay but you know I was I was aware of what was happening and I I went back to when I got date raped etc so I realized then that to duplicate something in order to go through an experience, if you duplicate it, then you release that charge, you release that emotional charge. So I went back to the UK and I found myself a dom and got five guys. We reenacted the rape, but gave it a different ending. Um, And that is how I then became, you know, got into this whole BDSM world. Um, I started dom training with him. And the one thing I would say, there's a big difference between the whole kink um, scene and then also between conscious sexuality. Because, you know, with the whole 50 shades of gray thing, you know, people have found out a little bit about kink, what is fun. Um, but there's a lot of alcohol, there can be a lot of drugs involved. And if you get to those ecstatic states, which is what you can get through with breath work, with um, flogging, with, with any kind of BDSM as well, you have to really be careful that you don't override your nervous system and that you don't override your boundaries. People don't often know what their no's and what their yeses are. So really, really be very very sure in your boundaries. What do you want to get out of an experience? How far are you willing to go? Are you willing to be touched on your genitals? Are you willing to get flogged? Are you willing to, to be spanked? What is it that you want? You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's so vast as, um, as a scene that I would say, you know, it's better just to have a no and then you can always go to a yes in the next session. Start really safe with very, very boundary. I just want to try, say, five minutes of spanking or five minutes of, of this, of that. Really put a time limit on it and make it much shorter because you can always increase your range. People think it's like, oh, yeah, if I can just go for like two hours scene, it's like, no, 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 no. You're going to blow your nervous system up. You're going to blow yourself up. Go for five minutes. And the next time you can do a scene for 10 minutes and you can do a scene for 15 minutes. But just you want to be present. 
You don't want to all of a sudden leave your body or, or start thinking or start crying and make sure that you have enough aftercare as well. Ask them what kind of aftercare do you want? Do you want me to hug you? Do you want me to wrap you in a towel or in, in a blanket? Do you want anyone near me, near you? Do you want water? Do you want food? It's, it's all these things that you might not ever have thought of. So it's, there, there's a lot of stuff online. So actually just go through through it and actually see what is it that you want to get out of this experience. I think that's really good advice. And, and thank you for sharing that because it's, it really is important that, that you not get into a situation that you, you are out of control and are, you're not able to, to pull back when, when, well, when you need to. That's often you know, like, we actually want to get out of control, but we want to feel safe. And yeah. if you don't feel safe, you cannot surrender. So right? how, how, how does that work if you, and I know this is positive talk radio and we probably shouldn't be talking about this, but it's an interesting topic to me because oh. it, it's life and a lot of people do it. A lot of people, what is it about uh, pain and excitement that excites people? Is it a, a, um, um, a mental thing? Is it? Is it a physical thing? Is it bringing back what you used to? Uh, what? What happened before? What? What is that? What's the triggers there? What's it? What's it all about? It's the line between pain and pleasure is very, very fine, right? And there's the, the some people have a very high pain threshold, and they actually want to be taken to that edge. But first of all, people have to feel safe. So as a dom or a dominatrix, you're in service to the people that, you know, that you serve. So you, your subs, your people that, you know, that you are playing with, you're in service to them. So that means your nervous system is the one that's grounding everyone. You're, you're having them feel safe. You make sure that you ask about the boundaries, how they want to be taken care of, where they want to go, what's their red, what's their orange, what's, what's the green, what, you know, and, and to constantly check in. It's like, where are you now? How's it feeling? Where, where you know? And also, like, like, make sure that you ask in a way that it's not too mental, but just like, yes, good, no. <laughs> yeah? Or where are you? Red, red is like, stop or play. Orange is like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty close to, to, to red, so let's take a, a moment. Let's take a breather. And green is like, yeah, all play. Perfect. Let's go. But it's, that is the thing. It's like, do we like pain? And some people don't like pain at all. But some people like the edge of it. It's like, oh, I like the idea of pain. But then if someone comes to say like nipple clamps or, you know, or, or hooks, I mean, there, there's all kinds of stuff or, or flogging. It's like, ah, oh, there is a release in the body. And there are all those chemicals that become free. So first of all, you will not always feel the pain because that, you know, those chemicals kind of override it. But then the next day, you might be in absolute, you know, massive pain. So, so this is where it's like, okay, you've really got to be with some people that are experienced. And shorter is better at first. You know, people are willing to do to themselves some really s silly things, uh, from my perspective. And that is, um, I, again, another relative um, that... Uh, um, they wanted to experience what it was like to have a hook uh, through the skin of your back or a couple of hooks 
through the skin of your back and then lift you off the ground. Yeah. What's it called? Um, it's piercing. Yeah, it's it's and, and yeah, it, it's it, uh, it's kind of like like a fish hook almost, right? You get pulled up. It's either they do it often here in the in the chest area, or in the back, and it's it's almost like you're floating. Um, for some people, they absolutely adore the sensation because it's the one place that they can surrender. Like oftentimes, if you're really um, tight, really bound, really tightly, that's also where the nervous system can just like, <gasps> can exhale. It's like, if you think about babies, how we used to swaddle them, mm -hmm. this is what you can do with ropes as well. And then, you know, although you're cutting off a little bit, you have to make sure that you don't cut off all the blood circulation. <laughs> but, you know, it, it has that idea or if it has it has that same idea that you feel protected that you're like oh i'm being held here that's that's that contraction that's interesting because he he did it with his girlfriend she thought it was great and he said i if, if i ain't never doing that again uh, but you know it's just for, for different folks different things and and so that's the thing not to be afraid of also saying, hey, that wasn't my thing. It's completely cool that you're doing it. Because yeah. also then we'll have like, oh, but, you know, I didn't like that. So she's weird that she likes it, you know. But it's like, why do we need to be judgmental? It's like, it's something that you, know, might, you might like it. Cool. Exactly. Do we have to have it into our intimate life all the time? No, you can start making some some boundaries about that. It's like, you go off to your, you know, to your pulling, to your fish hook classes. Great. I'm going to go out with my girlfriends. Whatever, you know. Exactly. So, okay, let's let's talk about something really positive, and that's your podcast coming up. By the way, first of all, if you want to find out more about uh, Juliet and the work that she does, feelfullyyou.com is where you go. Uh, feelfullyyou.com. And she's got all her information there and how to work with her. Uh, which I'm, uh, I'm sure you can do both remotely and live in person. And, um, and, but you've got a podcast. It starts day before day after tomorrow. Um, on the 7th. Yes. So that's my solo podcast that's coming out. I've already been doing, um, a joint pod podcast with my colleague, Christine Borschneck, and that's called, uh, Inside Pandora, which is really cool. But the solo one is called The Scrumptious Woman. And that's going live on the 7th of the 7th. So I'm excited about that. What's it going to be about? Who are you going to feature? Oh, well, the first, I think, 10 episodes are just me, like short, about 15, 20, between 15 and 25 minutes, just like on what it means, what scrumptiousness really means, right? I talk about scrumptious not a lot, about this, this orgasm, this chi, this life force that we have and that, well, we don't have access to it. And oftentimes that's because of trauma, that's because of intense experiences, that's because of life happening to us, um, that we kind of miss out on life and that life kind of becomes a little bit dull. And when you turn that on, it's like turning the HD on. You know, all of a sudden it's like you're watching TV and it's like, whoa. These colors are, are incredible. It's like, oh, all these sensations. I didn't realize I could feel that much. So that's why my band is also called Feel Fully You. 
Because we spend years trying to not feel because it can be hella uncomfortable to feel yep. everything. Because when we feel everything, we feel the good things, but we feel also the things that are that can be quite intense. That's true. That's true. And it's, sometimes it's easier to numb ourselves than it is to feel what actually is going on. And that, that leads to a lot of uh, uh, drug abuse and alcoholism and all that, all that kind of good stuff. Um, Everything. Kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, Shopping, tea, watching TV. Uh, I mean, it's anything to just, you know, give yourself a break from feeling. You know, when, and when they say, you know, when, when they say, well, I was only shopping, it's not that bad. It can be devastating to a family, to your finances, to your relationship. If every time you come home, uh, the, the checkbook is, is missing or their check's gone or there's you, you get the um, your credit card bill and it's like a huge amount suddenly. And where did all that money come, go and stuff? So that it doesn't matter how you numb yourself. You're still numbing yourself. And that's it. It's it's our brain then gets our body and our brain gets that dopamine hit. It's like, oh, that feels good. And that's like the sugar hit, right? It's like, give it to me. I want to eat some more sugar, right? It's like, I, I had it last night. It's like, oh, I want some chocolate. And I'm like running around the house and my kids are out here. I'm like, oh my God, do you have any chocolate anywhere? I'm dying for chocolate. And you know, I'm in London, big city, so you have delivery. You have all these companies that can deliver everything. And like at 11.30, I'm like, found one piece of chocolate it kept me up all night because i was bouncing off the walls with so much chocolate but it's so funny right it's like instead of just like hey tuning into my body and, and i've been doing this for years i'm like hey tuning into my body my psyche is just like hey what's going on here and i was just a little bit uncomfortable there was you know there was an emotion that i'd, I'd work through in my training in, during the day and it was kind of like rattling on in my body and I was like oh I don't want to feel that that's that's uncomfortable so yeah chocolate or Netflix or yeah or too much Facebook or Instagram or you know before I know it all of a sudden it's it's two hours later I'm like oh I wanted to go to bed a long time ago exactly so um by the way we're gonna run out of time here but i'd love to have you back at, at one point uh because i i want to talk more about your work and what you do because it is so in-depth and it is so the breadth or the width of it is so wide that that you're talking about every aspect of humanity and one of the things that before we go i wanted to ask you is when somebody comes to you and they say because I get this all the time. Energy? What do you mean, energy? We, we don't have energy. We're just, we're just a human body. What do you say to that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So just, I'm like, yes, we're a human body. And everything around us is made out of energy. Yeah, the computer, the walls, everything is vibrating, is oscillating at a certain vibration. If we think about sound waves, right? How do we hear it? How does it hit our ears? But so sometimes this is like way above their heads. So I'm just like, okay, so just focus on your breath. Breath is often one of the ways that you can teach people about energy. And it's like, just notice what happens when you breathe out a little bit longer than your inhalation is. And all of a sudden, the nervous system starts 
to downregulate, right? Parasympathetic nervous system, all of a sudden, you know, we might realize that our heart rate slows down. It's like, and this is all difference in energy. I mean, I can explain it in lots of different ways, but oftentimes I will just get them to breathe. And it's like, oh, what's happening to your mind now? It's like, oh, I have lots of thoughts that are coming in. But the more that I just focus on the in and the exhale, it's like there's less thoughts. I'm like, good. Are there any emotions that are coming up? She's like, yes. There are images, there are thoughts, there are emotions. I'm like, great. What's happening in your body now? It's like, oh, I'm much more aware of what's happening in my body. I have a bit of tingling. There's a different temperature. There's a different, it feels static or it feels moving. I'm like, great. You have just spent 90 seconds with yourself without numbing yourself and just really being present to the here and now. Eckhart Tolle talks about the power of now, but really it's like every moment, this moment of now is everything you know, what is it like now? Because we all future project, like what's going to happen to us? Oh my God, tomorrow I might run out of money. I won't have enough money for the rent or the this or the that or, or you know, doomsday scenario. Or we're in the past. We're almost never in the present moment. And if we can do that, then we can start becoming much more aware of energy. Then we can actually start seeing how it moves. We can start seeing it in the rays of the sun. It's, it's, it's beautiful. We do spend a tremendous amount of time talking about our past and what this person did to me, what that person did to me. They did me wrong and stuff like that. I actually just did a video that I'm going to be releasing here. Uh, and uh, it was about a guy who, a man who died. And uh, and the, the steps that he went through to go to heaven. And he was talking, or go to what I call home. And he was uh -huh. talking with his soul family, um, uh -huh. which is a group of people that, that he's gone through many, many lifetimes together. And he was having a conversation with a couple of them and it came to light that on earth this last time, they were his primary, um, um, they hurt him the most. They caused problems for him and they, and they, and he felt like he'd been wronged terribly by these people on earth. Turns out that they were his soul family and they did it out of pure love, which is a, a completely different attitude than most people have about when he did me wrong and, and stuff like that. So just that's that anyway, I've got, that's my opinion. What do you think? Isn't it incredible? I mean, I, I was there with my sister when she passed on with my father, with my mother, with, with clients, their, their children as they've passed on their, their parents. Um, I've really worked in this, this realm a lot. Um, and it's probably the most beautiful place that you can be, that you can hold space for them to pass over, right? To take that last breath and then to look at you and then you see them go back to, yeah, you know, one mind, one consciousness, everything become nothing, nowhere, no time. But also the peace in their expression, their bodies. Um, I remember when my sister got ill, I, I somehow went to the shamanic retreat and I did a 
Ufo, I, this is medicine. And I re-remembered my near-death experience when I was about 18 months old. And I was like going through a dark tunnel and just going up to the light and becoming one with light and air and complete ego death, right? It's like, oh, I'm <laughs> this body is just nothing. You know, I think that I'm a person. I think that I'm this, but, you know, we're just everything. So when I talked to her about that, um, and she was in hospital and she was dying. And then I remember the day that she died. She, she said to me, hey, Jules, hey, Beam. She calls me Beam, like a ray of beam of light. Uh, she said, can I go to the light now? I'm like, yes. So, you know, and that was the day that she died. The same thing I explained to my dad, what had happened to me. And I said, hey, all I can tell you is my experience of it. And then when he died, the same thing. He's like, oh, thank God. And then with my mom, as she committed euthanasia, I was singing to her and I was like, just look in my eyes, look in my eyes, this is what's going to happen. And then she went and it's like, oh, you know, they actually, I, I felt such peace from all of them that it's like, oh, they're, they're one again. And there was nothing left unsaid. There was nothing that they regretted doing because, you know, I coached them through that in the end. And it's, it's probably one of the most beautiful things that you can do for someone that you can be with someone be so present and yes it's 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 you know it's it's painful <laughs> because you know you're like I want you to stay but at the same time it's like no this is this is in service we're all in service to someone exactly so. and that's so you your background is even even more than your website says by the way you need to update your website with more stuff because you do all kinds of stuff. And, uh, and by, by the way, we've been talking with uh, Julie, Julie at uh, Car Carmona, Carmona, Car Caraman. Caraman. Oh. Well, I caravan, but Caraman. Julie at Caraman. And uh, you can go to her website, which is feelfullyyou.com. You're delightful. You know that you really are. Thank it's, you. It's great to see. It's great to talk to you today, all the way from England. Um, I hope you have a wonder. It's time for you, young lady. It's time for you to go meditate and go to bed. Um, <laughs> it is soon. <laughs> it's it's it's, uh, it's nine o'clock in the evening there now, or eight forty-five. Yeah, it's close, close to it. I might, might go and get something to eat <laughs> and then go to bed. I've been yes. going since early this morning. So yeah. So. Before we go, I want you to give our audience a, I want you to have an opportunity to tell our audience anything that you would like them to know before we close. <sighs> you are important. Take the time for you. So I would like you to take, to put an alarm clock on your, your phone because everyone carries a phone around once in the morning for two minutes and once in the afternoon for two minutes. And then when the alarm clock goes off and the timer goes off for two minutes, I want you just to go ahead and close your eyes, take a deep breath in through your nose. Exhale and just notice where does that breath go? What thought do you have that's coming up? What's the emotion that's coming up? And you may also have an image. And then yeah, go ahead and experience all of those, feel those fully. And then what else is coming up? Is there a new image? Is there a new thought? Is there a new body sensation? Is there a new emotion? 
and just be present with yourself for 90 seconds to two minutes. You might start noticing that you know, your, your jaw might just tremble or one of your legs or one of your feet might just start shaking a little bit. It's like, oh, okay, instead of starting to judge it, be curious, really continue to be curious. It's like, oh, I've got a hand shaking. That's kind of interesting, cool. Instead of like, oh my God, there's something wrong with me. I've got to check it out, I've got to stop it, right? Because stay curious. Instead of also judging other people, just stay curious. It's like, oh, what's happening for them? We don't have to be fixed. We're none of us are broken, right? So really stay curious, check in with yourself. And really also the third thing is, what are your no's? What are you a hell no to? Because it's much easier to understand what your hell no's are and then to understand what your yeses are. We've been talking with Juliet Carmon, Caraman. I don't know why I do that, Carman. And I want to thank you for being here. You are sensational. And um, um, I highly suggest that you go to feelfullyyou.com and talk to her, book her, and uh, have a conversation. Because it could very well change your life. So thank, thank you so much, my dear. Thank you for having me, Kevin. Have a wonderful day. If you can wait right there, I'll be right back. Hey, thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. Please give us a like and subscribe to this channel. This has been a production of PositiveTalkRadio.net. Please visit our website, oddly named PositiveTalkRadio.net, for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald, and I'm proud of these shows, and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, remember, be kind to one another because each other's all we got.